This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 110, with Michael Quarles. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. Very excited to have a serial entrepreneur on today's episode with whom I'm going to be covering a lot of topics including how thinking outside of the box can help you solve problems and create value for others through your products and your services. My guest today is Michael Quarles. Michael Quarles is an accomplished real estate broker, contractor, and expert specializing in residential real estate, and as I mentioned, a serial entrepreneur that has started many, many businesses. A popular podcast personality, Michael has been on or hosted over 250 podcasts. As an active and current investor, he understands what it takes to be a successful investor in today's market. Michael is well known for yellowletters.com, the largest marketing company for real estate investors, 1-800-SELL-FOR-CASH, BSFF Academy, where he teaches real estate investing, the creator of wholetailing, and Michael's also going to be sharing the very exciting business that he just recently launched. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, Two four four two two two. That's two fours and three twos. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JointOps Properties at jointopsproperties.com. Globally, coffee is a $90 billion industry, and International Coffee Farms offers a sustainable income opportunity through offshore sustainable agriculture. You can own a parcel of your very own cash-flowing specialty coffee farm in Panama. For more information on this income opportunity, you can download your free report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. Listeners of the Cashflow Ninja can grab a free audiobook download from Audible when you try Audible for 30 days. You can grab your free audiobook download at cashflowninjabook.com. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for um, having me. I'm going to have fun, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Sure. I am, um, gosh, older than dirt, it seems, some days. I'm 55 years young. I um, am a serial entrepreneur in, a, in real estate, for, for lack of better things. I fell in love with dirt when I was 18 years old, and... Um, uh, there's not much better than, than God and your wife to fall in love with. And so there it is. I um I love it. I love the fact that you can take land and do something with it causing um, profitability. And you can do that on a massive scale. And um, that's that's always beneficial. 
you are a serial entrepreneur with a bunch of businesses. So this is what this podcast is all about, sharing ideas and creating multiple streams of income because that's just, you know, the philosophy is, you know, if you're in a job somewhere that that job is probably gone already with the technology that's ever increasing every single day. We live in fascinating times, extremely exciting times. But why don't you jump in and just share a little bit about your businesses and just your approach as an entrepreneur to creating value for others? Sure. Well, it all began in, in, the, in the real estate industry and in, in building houses from a construction de- land development perspective. And um, from there, I started, it's called 1-800-SELL-FOR-CASH, where we go from a national perspective, we buy houses that folks no longer want and um, do with them what we think we need to and turn around and um, either keep them passively or sell them massively. And I like the selling of them mass- massively better. And uh, so that's one arena. And then I got into the marketing because you have to figure out how to find these houses to, to buy. So I, I started a company called Yellow Letters. And a yellow letter, for, for those that don't know what it is, it's basically if you took out a yellow pad piece, uh, a tablet, and wrote a letter to somebody that says, Dear John or Dear MC, I want to buy your house at this address. Call this phone number. Thank you. And we started doing that. And that was uh, for ourselves. And then we had folks that asked us to help them as well. So we started helping them as well. And then through the years, it's, it's, we've created this massive uh, direct mail marketing company that has yellow letters and type letters and postcards and door hangers, all kinds of things that you can go out there and, and solicit what you do in life. And then evolving out of that, because I've, I've bought and sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses, we started a training program, so we have an academy for learning how to do this kind of stuff, which is fun. Kind of what makes me get up every morning and, and um, stay up late at night is the you know is training because I enjoy helping someone that was where I was when I started and you know I didn't know anything and um, helping them get past the learning curve and the stumbling blocks and and giving them the confidence so they can succeed in life. And we started doing these podcasts, which is fun. I really really enjoy it. People have to tell me shut up more than they have to tell me to say something. And then from there, it evolved into we have print centers, which is we took back the um, the internet type of business structure and we put it back into brick and mortar. So we have little print center locations where people can go into a, a unit and and order their postcards, their banners, their whatever you know business cards, whatever they want, make copies. And then we're soon to be launching, which I'm really, really excited about, our um, phone service in January. And um, that's going to, I think, take my life to a different level, take all my time up. Um, but I'm absolutely going to enjoy the ride and the, um, the, you know, the eight seconds on the bull, so to uh, say. So right. it's been fun. It is fun. And I can't wait. So, yeah, let's talk about January. Can you share a little bit more about that, that launch and that opportunity? Well, what it is, is, you know, in, in the phone business, most people realize they have cell phones uh, and then they have landlines. Well, there's one in the middle of that that's called a voice over IP. So it's basically a computer phone. And so what we did is uh, through a lot of development, a lot of research and trial and error, we developed a product to be able to make a phone call, which isn't really unique and, and extraordinary. It's normal. It's average from a business perspective. But we, take, we took that concept, we attached it with 
three other products. One of them is a, um, a text platform, so you can send someone a, a regular text, like, hi, how are you? You can send them a picture text, or you can send them a voice text. Basically, what a voice text is is a phone call. And then we attached it also to a CRM, I'm sorry, uh, uh, an email platform. So you can do time drip emails to somebody. You can send one at a time. You can send one every day for a year. And we attached all that to a um, contact management software system. So basically, when the phone rings, from here on out, you'll never lose your contact or your prospect. And in, in the personal world, that's not a big deal. In the business world, retaining that information for future use is really important. And to give you an example of how that, will, that platform will, will um, work, say, for instance, you own a pizza company. And Fridays are your busiest day. People call you on a Friday and say, hey, can you deliver me a pizza? Well, next Thursday comes along. Thursdays are your slowest day. Well, you, with this system, you'll be automatically able to send them a coupon on their cell phone that says, hey, this is a special for Thursday to build better uh, customer retention and um, sales. And so just little things like that. It records, of course, and, and does all those good things. And um, with the CRM inside of it, you now have control of your um, your prospect group. In you know in today's marketplace, because we don't have a, a service that has tied all four units together, you have to do what we call parsing, which is basically tying them together yourself or double entry and all that. And we decided, or I decided, I'd, I'd spend the money, spend the resource, figure out how to do it, and um, so now it's all in one. Let's talk about the experience of putting this together and the process. Very, I'm usually very interested just in the process of this. So you came up with this idea because I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing for me where I have to kind of merge everything together and then there's double entry on some parts of the business. So I completely you forget to do it here you know, or we, yeah. we hire a resource to do it, whether that be a, a human being or a program. Mm-hmm. But reality at the end of the day is we are going to drop a resource that we need because right. it, it someone can't get to it it wasn't done correctly well in this platform because everything is stored every contact via email via telephone call text what have you is stored in a platform so you can go back through your history and say okay and listen to all the phone calls i mean you've got to tell the poor course the person on the other end of the phone that the phone call is being recorded but that's common America from a business perspective, so that's not outside the box. And um, being able, you know, just being able to listen back to your sales calls, say you have a, a person answering your phone, being able to listen back and critique them tomorrow for today's phone calls and be able to train them better how to interact with your, your prospect group because it costs us so much money to get that prospect to call us in the first place. We actually have to magnify that as much as we can. We have to give them the experience that they deserve and they they require for them to do business with us. And the only way we can do that is through training and um, having a pretty good bird's eye view of that interaction between our resource and our prospect. And so it's important. So how it all started, like all great ideas, if it's a great idea, I hope it is, I saw something that was broken in our industry. And from a business perspective, it was always, man, I have to, I want that data over here in my CRM, but I want it in my CRM automatically. 
And you know, if it was in my CRM, I'd like it to automatically do something else. So I'd like to have drip campaigns. I'd like to have marketing done on purpose. So it's only one thought. It's not multiple thoughts. And because uh, that's where we get tied down is when we have to do a task every day of our life rather than set a task in place once and let a program do the task for us every day of our life. And so I saw the hole. I saw the 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 industry broken and I I spent the resource for, and that's both time and money in figuring out how to solve for that or how to cure that. And um, I always say the great, you know, last first and last great invention is fire kind of thing. After that, everything is just a spin off of something else. And that's all we're doing is we're just plugging the hole in the boat and um, with these four areas put together. Now, your team and partners in this, uh, was there people with some of the skill sets uh, in programming and software to put it together, or um, was it someone else, and then you guys brought then obviously that expertise in, uh, in the process, and at what stage of the process did this happen? Well, I'm a, I'm a really good juggler. I just can't catch. <laughs> so, and so, imagine that. So, this juggler's throwing these things up in the air not expecting to ever catch anything. And so that's who I am. I, I look at how to what needs to be solved. I don't know how to solve it, but I look at what needs to be solved. And then from that, I make that functional. So I go out and hire the folks to solve for it. In the beginning, what was critical is neither party knew what the other party needed from one another. And we had to fight through that because I'm not a programmer. I have a vision. They're a programmer without a vision. Um, and so those those two things, those two components were, were pretty hard in the beginning. and uh, But we worked through it. It's taken um, years of thought process and development, and um, it will be here in January. And um, I'd like to say it was um, someone else's idea and someone else did all the hard lifting or the heavy lifting, but it was late nights. Um, we used a lot of developers in uh, other countries, so Bangladesh, India, um, the Philippines, late nights because their their days are our nights and um, you do what you have to do to succeed in life and and when you have a challenge you rise to that occasion you rise to the challenge and and succeed absolutely you find a way uh the other is are there any advice that you can give some of my listeners because there's probably uh, people listening all over the world to this and thinking well you know i have an idea similar to this where do I try and find these people? Can you give them some advice of where to find these programmers? And what were some of the resources that you used for that? Well, yeah, finding the resources is the key component. And, you know, fortunately, we have the Internet. And fortunately, we have platforms like Google. So you can do start doing some keyword searches. And when you find it, you'll know. But you won't know until you find it. So you won't know what you're looking for until you go, oh, there it is. And at least it is in my, case, in my, in my instance. So what I did is I, I, there were some websites out there that were uh, global work platforms. So I went to them, and I started teasing them with work product, meaning if I asked for this job to be fulfilled, could it in fact be fulfilled? Was there, was there talent out there? And so I started giving it little pieces, little, little tidbits of or dribbles of what I needed just to see if there was the labor force. Once I found the labor platforms, um, it was a matter of trying to communicate to them what I wanted, which was 
although a lot of us speak English, English across the globe um, sometimes is different. And um, so there was some, some learning curve from a language perspective, learning curve from being able to tell a developer exactly what I wanted and have them receive the information in a way that causes them to be able to program. And um, boy, it's, you know, the, the, the story where you climb the mountain and you think you're at the top until you get close to the top of the mountain you're climbing and you see the bigger mountain on the other side. That is being in business and, and doing something for the first time that no one else has ever done is because there's no benchmarks out there to weigh against. And um, so that's always a challenge and you just can't give up. I mean, that would be useless because if you're going to quit, you might as well not start. If that's, you know, if you have that mentality, there is a responsibility to having a stop loss limit, which isn't quitting. You know, a stop loss is when I say to myself, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend a million dollars developing something, but I'm not going to allow my spend, myself to spend over a million dollars. Well, if I can find success within the million dollars, that's an and that's great. If I can't, that's not quitting. That's just responsibility to my asset. And, and so what can I tell someone? Have an idea. No matter if you know how to accomplish it or not, have an idea what it's going to look like, what it does, how it's going to function. What do you want the end user to be able to do with it? And then keep looking for the resource that can actually put that together. And don't be afraid to keep stumbling or finding the wrong resource or or thinking you're going down the correct path when you're not. Sometimes you won't go down the incorrect path. The first path that you go down will be success. Um, not likely, but could be. And um, have enough capital to actually do what you want to do or set your set your your goals lower if your capital's lower. And um, like if you have, you know, $10, you're not going to create a spaceship to go to the moon, right? Right. Um, so, you know, look at your capital resource and see see if that will actually work within what you want to do and, and then go accomplish something. Don't take no for an answer. The no answer is already there before you ask the question. A lot of folks are just afraid to actually go and try to do something, go and attempt to do something, go and ask for help. And um, there's a lot of folks out there like yourself who are willing to help someone who has been where they have been in life only for the reward of helping. And um, so find that person and and, um, ask them how they succeeded and what they're doing, if it's similar to what you want to do. And they'll probably tell you more than be afraid to disclose to you Um, because there's no fear when you're on top of the mountain. There's only a fear of climbing that mountain. And um, stick to it. Go do it. Right. There's a lot of valid points here. Mentorship is so key, too, to try and find someone just and and learn from others. And today in this world that we're living in for for people listening out, uh, out there, I mean, this is someone that you can find online. It doesn't even necessarily need to be a relationship initially. You can just go and study. There's so many successful right. people out there for us that we can study and model. It's it's amazing. There there is, and you know, studying and modeling are are key components because we cannot change until we have a vision of changing. And um, so no one's no one's going to get up tomorrow and go, oh, okay, I just want to be something different without it and understanding what that difference means to them. So you have to study and you have to model something. Um, reading is important without a doubt. I'm reading a really good book right now um, called Legacy, and it's about the um, the All Blacks, which is a rugby team, very well put together. And it's it's one of those books that 
you can't put down, um, even though you need to because you have to go and, you know, make money. But um, it's a very, very good, easy and difficult read at the same time. Easy in that it keeps your attention, traps you into the what they're saying. Difficult in it is you really have to live what they're telling you um, within the, um, the, the paragraphs and the words. It's a fantastic read, by the way, and you're speaking to a former rugby player, and I actually... Uh I went to go watch the All Blacks play Ireland in uh, Chicago when they were just in, in the United States. So um, definitely know what you're talking about. Fantastic read. And the the culture that they fostered over there that really, really drives consistency and performance and that legacy of them is a, is a fantastic lesson uh, just in, yeah. in life and in business. Right. You know, I found the book um, just as a little tidbit. My son is a, a pilot in the Navy, and um, they have required reading. And it's Christmas season coming up, and, and I wanted to do something for him for Christmas. So I reached out to um, that family, the military family, to see if, if there was something that you know, I could get him as a book to, to read and what have you. And, and someone directed me to the military's website on recommended and required reading for officers of the military. And I have not been in the military. Um, however, I found this website that hundreds and hundreds of really great leadership books. And um, this is the military's quarterly readership book or a reader book. And um, uh, it doesn't look like it would have anything to do with military leadership. However, it has a lot to do with it. And um, so it's a great website to find. Uh, so if you're ever needing a, a good book to read, um, they'll have one on their list for sure. You're listening to Michael Quarles on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. International Coffee Farms is a real estate-based specialty coffee farm ownership opportunity. You can own deeded, half-acre parcels in title, already operating specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama. They are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts with sustainable average income of 12% and with cash flow beginning in 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm goes towards a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates eight specialty coffee farms in Boguete, Panama, with parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a parcel owner, you can download your free income opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. You're listening to Michael Quarles on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Staying on the topic of leadership and culture, what are some of the the key drivers or some advice that you can give the listeners to uh, the just as far as leading an organization and a company? Because as an entrepreneur, you're the leader uh, in the in this in these ventures that you're in, and then also how to establish um, the right cultural mix uh, to uh, allow you to get to that mountaintop as you've spoken about. Yeah, I think that in the from the leadership perspective in that role, I won't know everything I need to know before I die, and that's okay um, because I'm always going to try to learn something more. Um, 
but what what I have found that works the best for me is never to ask someone to do something that I can't do or am unwilling to do. So if 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 there was a battle, I couldn't ask someone to go and, and fight that battle for me if I weren't willing to go and fight the battle for myself. The other component that I have found that works well for me is to always appreciate those that are helping me achieve what I ask them to help me to achieve. And uh, so you can do that with gratitude. You can do that with income. You can do that with um, benefit. Uh, but it has to be it has to be something, there has to be something in it for them too. And uh, I, I see so many entrepreneurs that mistreat those folks around them that actually are helping them um, to, uh, to success uh, that I cringe. And so that to, for me, those two basic principles I'll live by uh, hopefully the rest of my life. And, um, and that does well for me. As far as the, the environment you know, and, and how we, we, we get people to do those things that we ask them to do and, and have them want to do it in the first place. I think the wants is an important part. Is um, I think you just you have extraordinary systems and, and you utilize ordinary people. Because if you have extraordinary people and ordinary systems, then you really some you are somewhat a slave to an extraordinary person. But if it, but if you have the reverse, if you have extraordinary systems and ordinary people, because there's more ordinary than there is extraordinary, that and your business can function and become profitable and successful and whatever you know whatever that means for you, then you can replace ordinary because you have extraordinary, and you can't really do the the opposite of that. And um, so I like that. And then the the other component that I always want in my life for those that are around that are around me is I want them to have a home you know, or that second home. So when they come to work, I don't want them to think it's a J-O-B. So I'm not, all, I'm not caught up in you know, professional attire or non-professional attire. I'm not caught up in time clocks. I'm not ta- caught up in wastefulness from, because to me, I know that if, if I allow someone to interact in, you know, in their own cause, whatever that is for them, um, and live that, then they'll do more. And so, like, we have game rooms and we ha- you know, those kinds of things. And um, someone needs to, some time off. They, they need not to show up for work. They don't have to worry about their job because their job's always here. Um, and, again, it's the second home environment concept. And do for those folks, just remember to do for them. And um, they'll give that back. Because it's really not ours in the first place. If you really think about any of the wealth that you've grabbed a hold of and, and or holding on to, you know, all we're doing is renting it for our life. And um, we can someone can take it away as fast as they gave it to us. And so share it, um, be humble about it, and, and um, you'll create more because of it. Always like the attitude of helping those do for themselves what they can't do for themselves. And, and that's a good day for me. So if I can help someone achieve something they can't do by themselves, I want to do that. Very inspirational. One of the notes that I just jotted down here, too, is you're extremely, obviously, driven, but you have a very compelling vision and a big idea, too. And just using this example of this company being launched in January, that also inspires people um, and draws them uh, to uh, venture such as what you have embarked on and uh, have it taken off in January. 
Right. You know, the role of an entrepreneur is, uh, you know, we're not technicians, we're not managers. We're thinkers of our business. And um, that's an important role in a business. Someone has to be the, the big thinker. And, um, and you have to give away duties. And fire, you fire yourself as fast as possible. But once you can give away your duties and become the thinker, boy, the world world's out there. The challenges are out there. And um, I'm never satisfied. Maybe that's that's the curse of life for me is, is you know, I, I'm grateful for what I have, but I'm never satisfied with what I have. I always want more. And um, I know in January when we launch uh, the phone company, um, it'll stumble and it'll soar. And as it soars, I want to go do something else. Go figure out, you know, what's the next problem that I can solve, or where can I find a solution someplace else? And um, and that's fine. I'm I'm comfortable with with that um, everlasting. Uh, what's tomorrow going to bring me? That's different from today. Now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skills. What are you currently studying, and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my brain into reading a lot lately and, um, which is something new for me, um, in that, you know, there's, there's reading to get to know what you want to learn, to learn what you, you know, you don't know. But what I've done is I've now I'm putting my brain into places that would typically have bored me enough that I would stop being there and, and realizing the, the great you know, the arena that those folks were in and, um, and, and helping my life through you know, their life. And um, so I'm doing a lot of reading. And um, habits, gosh, I'm a big goal person. I think you should write down your goals daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and semi-annually, annually, and, and from a multiple-year perspective. Work backwards. I think obtaining goals in the six areas of your life is important. And... Um, uh, without them, you can't ask someone for directions. You just absolutely, if you don't know where you want to go, you can't stop and ask for directions. And because um, we all need direction, we all need help from somebody. And it's an impossible thing to ask someone where, when you don't know where you want to go. Show up at the airport and say, "I need a ticket," and they're going to go where? Go, I don't know. But most people have that in their life. And I, you know, I wish you know if I could give one per someone one thing is that's go define what you want to be. Once you do, determine if that, in fact, what is what you want to do. So, you know, have set the goal, then go live it for a second. Um, and then if it's truly what you want to accomplish, go accomplish it. Because there's plenty of resource out there. And you can be dead broke and still accomplish something. You just have to decide that you're going to put whatever fear that you have about doing it yourself aside and go do it. And if you're going to embarrass yourself because you don't have enough money for marketing that you have to go and do some sweat marketing, then embarrass yourself. Who cares? Um, because success will come if you want it to come bad enough. Absolutely. Now, Michael, you've, spo you've spoken about a couple of key principles here and mentioned gratitude. And, you know, this show is about so much more than, than just money. And a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them, to Gosh. build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? 
Well, I, I think I have one for sure. And it, it's not a necessarily a money principle, but it could entail money. But um, I try to teach people, and especially my family, and I have a mixed family, um, that family's important, that family's first. And for me, family is even the mixed part of the family. So if, um, you know, if mom and dad get a divorce and mom and dad remarry, and so now that child has four parents or could, and now they have maybe eight grandparents. Well, if any one of my children's or my family member's family needs a resource that I have, I'll make sure that they have it, even though they're not my direct family. And some people would go, you can't help your, you know, your ex-wife's husband's wife if he, she needs it. And to me, that's what I want to give my family is the idea that you help. No matter what part of the family they are, you help your family first. And I don't know if that's a core principle, but I live by that. And um, you do it secretly so no one knows. So there's not an emotion in, involved. Um, but um, there's something to, to be said when, when someone always has your back and you, and you can feel it. And knowing, you know, if you treat someone that way, maybe you just might get it, you might get treated the same way, um, the other direction. So as far as the other two core principles, um, I always look at uh, three things when I answer a question for myself. I look at the ethics, the morality of it, and the legality of it. And it has to be in that order. So if, if someone asks me a question, I'm going to answer it ethically, morally, and legally. And I'm going to take action based upon those three things. So if, because just because something's legal doesn't necessarily mean it's ethical or moral. But if it's ethical and moral, it, it should be legal. And so I'll answer all questions that way, in that order. And I find that that works. The other thing, a principle that I, I love is never make a, a decision based upon money. So take the money component out of it. And if you can make the decision not based upon the reward, um, it's probably going to be a good decision. When you put the reward into the decision, it's probably going to be a bad decision. And that won't make sense until someone is in that arena and they make that decision based upon what they think they're going to get out of the decision they're making. You spoke about Legacy, which is a fantastic read. Are there any other books that you've uh, read lately that you would highly recommend to my listeners? I haven't read enough of it lately, but I would highly recommend the Bible. I think it's the um, it's the book that will tell us everything we need to know about life, business, and relationships, and interpersonal experiences, and and every everything that we need. And um, you know, I, I live with a priest, which is kind of cool. My um, uncle who went through some some cancer issues. We we asked him to come live with us uh, about a year and a half ago, and um, he's a retired Catholic priest. So he didn't have a family as he was going through this this cancer event in his life. And so I thought, well, shame on family if so no one asks him to come live with them. So we did. And it is absolutely a joy to see a man who's 90 years old, I guess, and um, live his life for God. And on a daily basis, he spends about four hours a day reading the Bible. And um, I, I tell him all the time, I said, Uncle, you must be either a thorough reader or you're a very slow reader. And he smiles at me and, and um, continues reading. But um, I think the Bible gives you wisdom. 
And um, so that would be my the book I would recommend to everybody. Fantastic. Michael, how can my audience learn more about you, all of your companies, uh, your podcast, and keep informed of all the projects that you're involved with? I, it, the website is michaelquarles.com, and um, Quarles is Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Um, it has all kinds of information about me, easy ways to get a hold of me and say hello, and reach out to me if you have an idea or a question. And um, that's what life's all about, is helping those that, again, going back to helping those that, that need help, can't help themselves at the moment. In fact, I, in my Rolls Royce, you're liable to find three or four or five or six um, homeless signs because um, I will buy them every time I see them. So every time someone stands there and, and um, has a, a sign that says they're hungry, they need a home, I, I will go and buy them. And it, it, it's not a matter of how much it costs. It's a matter of, of um, for that moment, replacing something um, and giving them what they need. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and your experiences. And just uh, it's great just to hear about the project that you're currently involved with and, and hearing all about it and the thinking behind it, the ideas and the team, the leadership, and some of the uh, principles and values behind it. It's uh, been a fantastic experience. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> Not at all. Thank you. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you for joining my guest, Michael Quarles, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja podcast today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life, so if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. Jimmy Friedland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They have designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. Coffee is a proven product and a $90 billion industry worldwide. Through international coffee farms, you have a chance to own and operate your own half-acre parcels in a specialty coffee farm in Panama, professionally turnkey managed for you. You can download your coffee farm ownership opportunity report at cashflowninja.com forward slash Panama. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.